welcome to the truth in this art i am your host rob lee you're listening i, I appreciate you checking in uh, tapping in and checking out this podcast for uh, candid conversations on arts and culture uh today i have the distinct privilege the distinct privilege of being in conversation with the director of sales and marketing at the lord baltimore hotel please welcome lee johnson low welcome to the podcast thanks rob appreciate it appreciate you coming on and, and making the time um to to, ta- to chat with me today so be- before we get too into the the, the conversation because i find recently I've been like having to put the microphone on, having to put the record button on because I'm already in the middle of a conversation with someone. I'm like, I'm losing the good stuff. Um, I want to invite you to to give us the story. Like ultimately, what is the, the Lee Johnson Lowe story and what was your first experience within the hospitality industry? Yeah. So when I was 16 years old, I thought it was time for me to get a part-time job. And um, I stopped in at the Holiday Inn in Warren, Pennsylvania. Um, and said, I, I want a job. And they hired me as a busboy. And um, I progressed very quickly. So within months, I became a floor supervisor. And then by my senior year, I knew the hotel industry was what I wanted to do. So I asked the general manager of the Holiday Inn if I could work the front desk. And he said, well, you would be the youngest front desk clerk we ever had, but we're going to give you a shot. So my last year of high school, I worked the front desk uh, 40 hours a week, and it was in my blood from there. I just knew I had to do it. I went to Penn State University for hospitality management and uh, jumped right in, right into management. So so what was it, and, and thank you for sharing that, um, what was it about the hospitality industry, maybe that those early experiences or even pursuing hospitality management. Cause I, I had friends who, who were in that, that area in uh, college. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're an interesting breed guys. I'm saying, like, uh, uh, I need to make some connections. I need some hotel connections for the future and, and things of that sort. But what was it about this industry that, that drew you in and, and what is it about perhaps your personality and the way that you go about your work that makes you just so good at what you do? Cause, um, you know, when we're in an industry and we know that's our thing, it, it has to be something that comes from us. It was the stable hours and the short days. And uh, just kidding. It is hospitality is not that at all. You know, we are a 24-7 industry and it can be a lot of long hours. But no, really what it is, it, it was truly that satisfaction of taking care of a guest and them coming back to you and saying, you made my stay incredible or you made my experience incredible. Um, So, you know, shortly after my experience in high school, I got into catering. um, And that's really where it's very personal for a lot of people, especially those wedding receptions and anniversary parties and um, really to to be able to fulfill their dream, it was really something that was pretty, pretty exciting. And then from there, moving into the group side of the business and the sales and marketing side of it uh, was just a natural step for me. And, and I, I love every minute of it. Um, it's about creating experiences. And when you're at the Lord Baltimore Hotel or most independent hotels for that reason, that is a big focus because that's your differentiator is creating those experiences. And I like that uh, it's almost as if you have the questions already. I like that we're kind of segueing into the lower Baltimore portion of the interview. So uh, 
so what is it like how long have you been at lord baltimore um hotel and what was it that drew you in and then i got like a bunch of questions because it has a long history but i at least want to start off there yeah so the lord baltimore hotel is actually the oldest operating hotel in the city of baltimore It was built in 1928. um our ownership the rubel family they had never been to baltimore before um until early 2013. They came to visit the um, exhibits at the Baltimore Museum of Arts. Um, the Cone sisters have the largest collection of Matisse in the world right at the Baltimore Museum of Art. And our owners, the Rubel family, they're in the top 10 modern art collectors of the world. So that was a big interest for them. Yeah. They came to Baltimore and they fell in love with Baltimore, found out that there was a hotel for sale and they showed interest and that's how it all happened. How I came in the picture is mutual friends. So um, they, when they were inquiring about the possibility of purchasing the hotel, they reached out to a friend of theirs who lives locally and said, is there someone we can talk to that can give us a little bit more insight about the market and maybe even about the hotel? So I met with them. Um, I was really inspired by what they wanted to do with the hotel. I started helping them uh, recruiting some, some key management. Um, at that point in time, I hadn't made my commitment to come over to their team. Um, but the more we got into it, I couldn't help it. I, I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming on board. <laughs> um, so that was in 2013. So it's uh, nine and a half years. Um, the Rubel family, they're awesome people to work for. Um, and they truly believe in creating those experiences, which is what I just absolutely love doing for a guest. Experiences are, are key. Uh, I, I like when there's those opportunities. I, I know with my, my partner and I, we uh, we will do staycations. It's just like, look, I want to wake up in a hotel and it's not like you, it, there are considerations that are made. You know, it's like. What has this kind of combination of art? What looks a certain way? What is going to leave me with an experience that I'm like, because I, I never really care about the, the the money and the cost that's associated with it. It's usually for something that's a birthday, an anniversary, something along those lines. So the experience, and I, and I like that you've touched on it in multiple instances, the experience is, is key. You know, that's the thing that, that one is going to remember and that one is going to brag about. That's where that evangelist sort of thing comes in at. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep. So Lord Baltimore Hotel has a has a long history, nearly 100 years old, as, as you touched on a moment ago. What are some of those interesting factoids or, or like kind of like juicy like pieces of information that from a sales and marketing and even storytelling perspective that really resonate with you? And you're like, there's an angle here. There's a potential like campaign here. Tell me about that. Yeah, so one of the things that I, when I first started, was I really wanted to embrace the history of the hotel because it has been around for, for many, many years. Um, but one of the things I wanted to embrace was also our namesakes. So the Lords of Baltimore and who were they and why was a hotel named after them? So we went and we got uh, portraits through the Maryland Historic Society of the Lords of Baltimore and we have them positioned in the foyer of our ballroom with uh, nameplates, um, and fun, engaging stories about who they were and why a hotel would have been named after them. Um, so it started, you know, 1600s. Um, so obviously the hotel itself, though, has great history as far as people that have been here, that have experienced it. 
We have a showcase in our lower lobby that has memorabilia and collateral and menus, menus from the 1930s. Um, it's so much fun just looking back and seeing some of the some of the things we take for granted today was like so super special back then. Yeah. Um, so that really just adds a whole element of experience to it. Um, and then, of course, the rubels in the art component, um, I really became fastly um, in educated regarding art um, and really have embraced that component. We have five exhibitions on property. We have thousands of, of uh, original art pieces, pieces that are influenced by artists like Damon Hurst and, and uh, Jack, uh, Jackson Pollock. Um, so right now we have an exhibition in our in our lobby, um, Alcadiz Al Vieira. He is a Brazilian artist lives here locally, has an exhibition in the lobby. Um, we have a remake of the Cindy Sherman still photography exhibit in our uh, tavern, yeah. um, which is a pretty popular, uh, it's originally done in black and white. The remake is done in color. Uh, so that's very interesting as well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of dynamics to what we've got. We're one of the few hotels in the city that has a bakery on site. So we actually do the majority of our baked goods right here on property. Um, so a lot of stories that we can really uh, embrace and share. Um, I love doing tours of the hotel and showing off the artwork. I had a group that came in this past weekend and asked for a private tour. So I was able to do a private art tour for them. So whether it's history, um, we have doors open coming soon, yeah. um, which is put on by the American Institute of Architects. Um, and that is a complete tour of the of the hotel that's open to the public that's going to be a lot of fun um one thing we haven't talked about though are the ghosts so the question of the hour <laughs> are there really ghosts um well you know i know all of the stories um and i'm happy to share because that is a component that many guests like to hear about Probably one of the most popular ones is in regards to a little girl named Molly, who supposedly runs around the hotel playing with a red ball. Um, and I have had guests come up and tell me that they've seen a red ball in the hallway. Um, so the story behind that goes that, you know, during the Great Depression, there were a lot of people that really kind of messed up their minds. And unfortunately, there were over 20 documented jumpers from the Lord Baltimore. So that's that's the time period that these um, ghosts really come from. And apparently Molly and her parents were a part of that. Mm. Um, so they're, they're, uh, we do host uh, ghost tours throughout the month. Um, they're a couple times a month. Um, in the summertime and when it's nice weather, that tour includes a walk over to the Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe grave, which is just a few blocks from the hotel. When the weather starts um, getting colder, uh, we keep it within the hotel. Sure. So, yeah, so we that's just another another form of our experiences that we've got available. That's that's really that's really interesting. Uh, that's really uh, I that was it's, it's funny you answered one of those future questions that I had. So obviously you're you're well versed in that regard. And uh, yeah, because I'm like, how many people are going there? It's like, hey, I need to travel here to check out haunted Baltimore, and I don't know. But 
you know, it's it's one of those places that the hotel is one of those places that it's very much a a, a landmark is very much um, part of what I look for downtown. You know, it's within that kind of walkable area where you have two stadiums, you have Baltimore Arena, all of that stuff that's there. What what sorts of um, like how do you leverage it being in that area in terms of maybe partnerships, in terms of maybe collaboration with uh, certain entities that maybe downtown partnership or even the um, sports franchises down there? Which sorts of collaboration, if any, kind of go into being in the that big part of downtown, that tourist area? Um, yes, yes, and yes to all the ones <laughs> that you said. Um, but also, in addition to downtown partnership and Visit Baltimore and all the kind of um, organizations you would expect us to be involved with, um, we also, because of our art connection, we very, very much tie ourselves to the museums in the area, American sure. Art Museum, Walters Art Gallery, Baltimore Museum of Art, um, and there are many museums throughout the city. Um, we also like to tie ourselves into performance art. So um, Hippodrome, um, obviously the Everman Theater is a big partner of ours, uh, the Lyric Opera House. Um, so, so those are our important components to us as well. And we really spend a lot of time promoting them um, yeah. as and cross-promoting. Yeah. So I, I want to hear, and I, I want to dive into this one question. It's a little further down, but I at least want to ask this now. Tell me about like when it comes to your works, there's a creative bend to it. There is a service bend and experience creation sort of bend to it. Uh, what are for you some like uncommon sources of uh, inspiration? Because um, I, I think a lot of times we don't think of, you know, someone that's working in the marketing that they're being inspired. They're like, hey, I need to find a way to promote what I'm doing or to get the word out or do the storytelling for what I'm doing. But what inspires you and what are some of those more uncommon sources of inspiration for you maybe that don't really seem like they fit within the whole hospitality industry right i love that question um i i and i know i've used this word over and over again but i have to say it again here experiences so i go and experience as much as i can and i steal up from the best so if I had a great experience, I'd try to figure out how I can implement that into the hotel's experience. Maybe I went to a paint night somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that would be a great thing to implement into the hotel. So sometimes we do paint nights. Um, you know, that's just a prime example of, of really just keeping your eyes open for that experience and how can it translate into the hotel. Yeah. Maybe I went to a drag show. Well, gosh, why aren't we doing drag shows on our rooftop, which yeah. we did before the pandemic, um, and we'll get back to next year. Um, so it's really keeping your eyes open and and knowing um, and really knowing how you can implement it into the hotel experience. I, I love that. I love that. And um, yeah, I, I think that's what I'm doing in different cities that I travel to and doing interviews like taking and stealing, unabashedly stealing, you know, of, oh, well, they're doing this here. Why aren't they doing it in Baltimore? You know, um, and, and seeing different hotels, for instance, that, you know, hey, we have a space, we have this conference room, we can do this. Would you be interested in doing a podcast here? And I was like, okay, that's that's an option. That's a, a thing to do. Or even I remember being in Nashville and going to the, the, the 21C hotel, that museum hotel situation. 
And I was like, this is great. When are we getting one in Baltimore? Or when is some, when are the hotel, when is a hotel in Baltimore going to like copy this idea and make it their own? I was like, sure. I like all of these, these different things. And ultimately it's the thinking that goes into what that experience is, who like the people that are driving and making the decisions, what are they doing? So as you know, hearing from you that you're a person that likes to bring your experiences in and see how you can apply it at the Lord Baltimore Hotel, that that's great to me. Yeah, and adds a lot to the experience for sure. Um so over the last few years, uh, there's been more and more innovation, new ways uh, with regards to like like social impact and, and things of that nature. And um, that's, I think, part of what like entities do. I think over whether it's a hotel, whether it's a business, with you're within the community, you have to like do things and show that you're a part of the community. What sorts of things like within like um, the Lower Baltimore Hotel are like these are community based? Is this these are um, opportunities that where the hotel is working with the community, whether it be with artists, whether it be with people from a community standpoint? Uh, speak on that. Um, let me let me start by saying when it comes to um, social media, um, you know we we do a really great job with our social media, but we're careful not to overshare um, because that's when you start losing followers. Um, we also um, try not to oversell because people don't necessarily want to be sold on social media. They want to hear the stories. They want points of interest. And that's really what we focus on. Now, how do we, how do we share our commitment to the local community? Sure. Um, that's big for us. That's right into our mission statement. Um, we have Baltimore in our name. Right. Um, so it's super important to us. So we do a lot of use of our own social media in promoting other things um, and other organizations in the area. Um, and that's, that is, you know, anywhere from museums to buying local um you know a lot of our food comes from local vendors and suppliers um we have moved basically almost all of our purchases or at least as much as we can to local providers um because that's a big part of what's important to us thank you thank you for sharing that so this is the this is the last real question that i got for you um, so I read a little bit about the uh, Couture Tree cool. competition, uh, which is, is coming up later in the year, I believe. I, I know it's always a uh, later later in the year sort of situation. What was the, the thinking there and what are the sorts of like kind of unique? Because that, That's really unique and it feels distinctly Baltimore. I, I, I don't know why I'm getting like a John Waters vibe off of it, but it feels distinctly Baltimore. So tell me about like that, how that came about and maybe other combinations that are, are, are similar, other uh, programming that's similar to it. Sure. So the Couture Tree, uh, we're going on to, it's about nine years, I believe. Um, and I had this thought many years before that. I saw a Couture Tree, um, and it wasn't necessarily a holiday Couture Tree, but it was a Couture Tree um, in, in a magazine or online. And I was like, how cool would that be to have something like that in the hotel lobby. Yeah. The hotel I was at, at the time, I kind of ran it by and they're like, oh, whatever, just another crazy idea, blah, blah, blah. So I got to the Lord Baltimore Hotel, of course, and I introduced it to the general manager and he was, oh yeah, we're doing it. 
So the first year we had 12 trees. Yes, I designed three of those 12. Um, but, you know, then we got it going. So each year now we're up to 25, 30 trees. Um, and it is truly a blend of fashion and a Christmas tree. Yeah. So, and it's um, amazing. These artists really come forward with some really outstanding designs. Um, and they are displayed in the lobby, uh, November, the end of November. So installation occurs Thanksgiving weekend. And then that starting that following Monday, they stay in place until um, right after the new year. Um, there is a voting that happens at a private event um, that the hotel hosts. Uh, we invite some key neighbors in and they cast the voting. Um, and so that's that's been a big tradition of ours for the last two years. We've had to do it virtual. So we're super excited that we're actually able to do it back in person again. Um, we have done similar events to this over the years, um, not as um, consistent or annual as, as you would say, but um, we've done like a hat design competition during Preakness. Nice. Um, so... Uh, we're always seeking out new opportunities like that. This year, we are partnering uh, with the American Institute of Architect on gingerbread contest at making gingerbread uh, houses. So um, that'll be another component on top of the Couture tree, kind of making Charles Center um, and Charles Plaza as a destination for the holidays, because there will also be the Candyland. Uh, if you didn't see it last year, it's pretty cool experience out in Center Park. So you'll have kind of that, the gingerbread contest, which is right next door, and then the couture tree. So it'd be pretty cool. That's that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and uh, as a person that has ideas and you're like, eh, all right, huh? and then having the opportunity to go somewhere and really be able to put your idea, like your experience and going to the Lord Baltimore Hotel, and we're like, oh yeah, we're doing that. That must, that must have felt really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the, the the wrap up of the real questions. And if you'll indulge me, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Um, and I'm going to start off with a very easy one. Uh, what are what are your go to baked goods? You know, you mentioned there's a, a bakery on site or what have you. What, what are you having? Are you a cookie person? Are you are you into the cakes? What are you into? I, I try to avoid the sweets um, because I'm supposed to avoid the sweets. However, you know, a good piece of chocolate cake um, that does a lot, or an apple crumb pie, those are pretty hard to resist. Love to hear it. Uh, th this one is going to tap it back into it. Uh, do, you, do you ever talk to the ghosts? You ever have a conversation? It's like, look, I'm, I'm in this room. Don't throw that ball at me. Uh <laughs> now, see, now you're going to make me tell the truth here. I am not a believer. So I know all the stories. I've actually kind of witnessed a few things that are kind of like, okay, I understand why that could be questionable. But so, no, I don't talk to them. Okay. What is your uh, favorite holiday? Um, I see the Halloween thing. That's that's, that's a, a, some programming or the sort of festivities that are there. And obviously, you know, during uh, Thanksgiving into like the new year, there's the um, there's the couture tree competition. Um, so what is your favorite holiday? Oh, wow. Um, it's probably going to be Christmas because um, Christmas I almost always have off um, and it's a family day. So. Um, a lot of when you're in the hotel industry, you don't normally get to spend a lot of the holidays with your family. 
Um, but that is one that I get to spend with my family. So I really embrace and appreciate that. That's great. Um, so obviously I've, I've seen pictures. I've done my deep dive. I've done my research. You're, you're, you're a dapper individual. You put on a great ensemble. What is your uh, favorite uh, fashionable accessory is pocket squares, ties, your sock guy. What, what, what are your, uh, your favorite uh, clothing accessory? Okay. Um, I do a lot of pocket squares or pocket rounds. They're not always square. <laughs> um, but lately, I've, I don't know why I've just gotten this craze over shoes. It's all about the shoes. Okay. I, I, like, a, I like a nice pair of shoes. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in this spot where I'm going to more public things and I'm like trying to figure out what is my uh, artist uh, kind of attendee costume. And I feel like it's a lot of black and comfort oriented, but I'm always wearing Doc Martens. So I was like, this is great stability. My ankles, I don't have to worry about rolling my ankles. This is great. And it feels more arty. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely a person that's not afraid to be out there a little bit and have something that kind of jumps out at you so that I, you know, so it might be a big, bright, colorful, you know, handkerchief or, or a tie. I like that. I'm figuring out since uh, we're recording this like a little bit before um, about a month or so before a month and change before Halloween. And I, I feel like there's a, a suit that I'm going to get. And for context, I'm, I'm six foot four. So it's a lot of me. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear a garishly bright suit. I'm going to figure out what it is. It's a character I saw in a movie. And it's like, I'm wearing this. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm wearing it. And I believe the color is kind of a mint. So it's okay. just me as a big right. stripper toothpaste. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Dare to be different. That's yeah, absolutely. So lastly, um, in these rapid fire uh, questions, uh, it, it's almost like shameless plug time too. Uh, share something interesting that's coming up at the Lord Baltimore Hotel. The, the floor is yours. So this actually, this coming weekend, um, we are actually doing a ghost hunt, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so it's National Ghost Hunt Day. So who would have thought it was a thing, but it is. So Hundreds and hundreds of ghost hunts will be happening all on the same day at the same time. So that's kind of cool. Um, we do have um, our bakery features uh, specials daily that are just amazing. If you haven't been by the LB Bistro and Bakery, there's a lot that goes on there. Um, as of September, we reopened our theater. So we have a built-in theater at the hotel. It's a 90-seat theater. Um, and it is put on by Pose Magic, and there's magic shows every Saturday. Nice. Um, so that's a, a nice added experience to the hotel. So that's 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 it. Um, I, I want to um, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for being on this podcast. And uh, secondly, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks, the listeners, where to check out uh, Lord Baltimore Hotel website, social media, all of that good stuff. Uh, the floor is yours. Great. So yeah, you'll find us on all of our social medias from Facebook to Twitter um, and um, and LinkedIn. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. I, all of a sudden I had this aha moment that like, we don't use LinkedIn enough. And so we started posting a lot more on LinkedIn and it's amazing how many responses and followers we're actually getting through the LinkedIn. So don't forget about LinkedIn. It's You're, you're not wrong about that. I've, I've used LinkedIn and people seem a bit more inclined to uh, book and schedule. People are on their P's and Q's there. Yeah, for sure. So with that said, I want to again thank Lee Johnson-Lowe of the Lord Baltimore Hotel. And I'm Rob Lee saying there are places to visit, a community, maybe a few ghosts in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Yeah.